Hey, welcome to the B Team Podcast. My name is Justin, and today I am joined by Josh. Hello, uh, welcome hey. everybody to the B Team Podcast. This is a very special episode dedicated to our number one fan, John Morrow, who uh, he was in the hospital. I don't know if he's still in the hospital, but he requested a special podcast review. And uh, I have seen the movie. I, I was not a fan. I have since rewatched it. I'm still not a fan, but I do have a lot to say. And of all people, I, I tried to tag in Brendan, but he wasn't around. And Justin was like, oh, I saw that movie. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's not a Justin movie. But, you know, it came out in 2013. Maybe he was a little bit younger, went with some friends. Uh, so we are here to review Green Inferno. Yep. So uh, Green Inferno is a film about uh, a band, a punk rock band, who uh, is up in the Pacific Northwest and witness a murder um, done by some neo-Nazis uh, led by Patrick Stewart, the great uh, Jean-Luc Picard, um, and Professor Xavier. And uh, one of the band members is uh, Anton Yelchin, who is also of Star Trek, uh, Star Trek uh, fame. He was... Uh, Chekhov in the new Star Trek movies. Uh, yeah, so that's a little plot in a nutshell. And then you, you know, have the neo-Nazis kind of going after them throughout the film and, uh, you know, trying to stop them. So I'm going to um, stop you right there. Uh, full disclosure, uh, sadly, this is not the first time I'm hearing this because what? in trying to see if Brendan was free, Brendan was like, I can't believe Justin saw this movie either. At which point, Justin in the chat said, Patrick Stewart. Anton, Star Trek peeps, of course I saw it. Uh, and I said, oh, sweet fucking Christmas, you watched Green Room 2015, Jeremy Solner. So, surprise, surprise, John Morrow, this is now a double feature review. Uh, before we get to the uh, Nazi home, inv- well, I guess it's not home invasion, but our invasion thriller, uh, we're going to cover Green Room, the Eli Roth cannibal movie that Justin knows absolutely nothing about. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Justin, when, when you said that you had seen Green Inferno, I was like, on what fucking planet? And then it came out 2013 and I figured, all right, he was pretty young. Maybe he like got talked into it with some friends or he he was a little more, uh, you know, racy back in the day. Now it makes perfect sense. Um, so of all the weird shit that I've made you watch, I, I would never, ever make you watch cannibal movies. Uh, number one, because I usually don't even like them. There's only a few. Uh, number two, especially this one, this, this movie is, is so awful that this is one of the rare movies that I walked out of and it was an empty theater. It was just me and Jim at the time. And like, I think one other dude was there. It was probably like a a Tuesday in the middle of the day in the Bayonne theater. And it just, oh my God. Um, so what are cannibal movies? Well, it was of course popularized by the Italians. Uh, started with my man Umberto Lenzi, made The Man from Deep River, which is uh, fairly tame for a cannibal movie. And um, it's it's nothing to write home about, but it definitely started a boom. And uh, Eli Roth is on record saying that his top five favorite movies, one of them is the infamous Cannibal Holocaust. So yeah, I'm sure you've never seen it, but you've probably heard about it. And uh, what I what I find funny here is it's our second podcast together. The last one we did was sick, where we're now talking about Eli Roth. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, if you hadn't seen Cabin in the Woods, there's no way in hell you would have seen The Green Inferno. Um, Cannibal Holocaust was made by the sadly recently departed Ruggiero Diodato, who is a absolute madman, but great filmmaker. And he shot a movie that is famous for two things. Uh, number one, it basically started the video nasties, which we've covered previously. And, uh, you know, the UK, they, they basically actually prosecuted films, had them banned. That's where we got our whole X rating. Um, the movie was so convincing that he actually got put on trial for murder. And the only way he was able to clear his name was he brought in the actors and was like, this is them. They're still alive. That actually happened. It's fucking hilarious. Um, the other thing is, like most Italian movies, they had real animals and killed real animals. And there's a scene where, like, they kill a turtle. And, like, all these people today review it on YouTube. And they're like, you know, but I don't like the part where they killed the turtle. Uh, I'm on record. You know, I love animals. I don't give a shit about things that aren't cats and dogs. You know, I'm I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'll eat a hamburger. I'm I'm not going to eat a, a cat burger. But you know, if somebody's killing a turtle, like that sucks for the turtle. It's not going to take me out of the movie. I mean, I have uh, a shark movie where they like tear apart a fucking shark, and mm. I just I hate sharks. So I'm like, you know, I'm rooting against the shark. It doesn't bother me. Um, so yeah, Cannibal Holocaust is just really intense. Um, it's basically every cannibal movie is people end up in, you know, the Amazon or wherever uh, they come across those like cannibalistic tribes, like the people that in real life, I believe as early as five, six years ago, some activist dude was like, I'm going to go to this Island. I have a lot of money. And like the second he stepped off the boat, they fucking shot like blowgun arrows at him and killed him <laughs> and then ate him. Um <laughs> You know, that's what oh, they do. Oh, right, it's right, right, right. That was, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they, yeah, these yeah, tribes yeah, yeah, yeah. are still out there. I mean, they're they're literally, you know, obviously yeah, it's third the, world, but the, it's even beyond that. Like, I mean, they're the they're undeveloped. Yeah, because the guy's boat or something got lost, right? And then they said, oh, yep. they found it, like parts of it on this island. And they're like, they can't go to the island to find him because they've never had like civilization before. And they're still like cannibals or something. Yep. Um, so, so to keep you with me on this and then we'll go into the Eli Roth thing. Um, I'm going to guess you have seen South Park season three, the premier rainforest, main forest. Uh, one with Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago, but yeah. Okay. So, you know, still one of the best episodes of South Park and, um, there's a whole, you know, non-subtle commentary about how much they hate the rainforest and you should never go there. Everything there will kill you. And they're like putting graphics on screen about like, you know, X number of snakes and spiders every year kill X number of people. And it's, it's fucking hilarious. Whole episode is really good. Um, so what happened was Trey Parker and his girlfriend at the time were hanging out with Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Flea is like, you got to go to Costa Rica. It's the greatest thing. You can go, you see the rainforest. So they talked him into it. Trey goes, and he said it was the worst trip of his life. There was a whole running commentary in the episode. It was on record saying it's nothing but shanty towns and ugly prostitutes and snakes. There's snakes everywhere. Everything's going to kill you. Um, and the majority of the episode, when when the boys are, are like lost in the rainforest with Jennifer Aniston, is ripping off a lot of famous cannibal movies. Because so at the start, it's basically just shock shit. Like people go in the woods and or in the in the jungle and like these you know savages natives come out and 
kill them and eat them. Uh, then it gets into some wacky shit. So some of the stuff that I've seen that I like that uh, Eli Roth is seeing that he likes um, beyond Cannibal Han- Holocaust, you have um, another Umberto Lenzi, Cannibal Ferrex. Uh, and then there is a Jess Franco movie called Devil Hunters. And that's the one that I actually linked in the chat with the guys with the uh, cardboard eyes. Oh my god, oh, yeah. man! This movie. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to see that when you linked it. In I, the I, chat, that's. But. I mean, especially now that I know you haven't seen Green Inferno, like I'm glad you didn't see that because you would have watched five seconds of it and be like, "What the fuck did you send me?" Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's completely just over the top. It's just Franco, who's. I mean, we've never done a deep dive on him. I think Brendan and I are going to cover him sometime in this year. I can't even like half of it is softcore porn. Half of it is hardcore porn, but it's like really super artsy and there's really like great like themes and like mm. actual movies come out of this shit. But then the rest of it is shit like this where uh, it's I mean, literally I, I watched, people I in watched, the jungle with cardboard over their eyes. Yeah, I mean, I watch that stuff for the pot, too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, basically they, they like kidnap supermodels and they're like selling them to drug cartels and then they get caught by cannibals. And then they have like the cannibal god is just this giant naked black guy with cardboard on his eyes and there's like red lines drawn on it. And then it ends with a big fight with him and this other dude on top of a mountain. It's it's incredible. Um, so a lot of that kind of stuff made it into that South Park episode. So Eli Roth uh, basically was like, you know, I'm going to make my own cannibal movie and cannibal movies. A lot of them are campy. A lot of them are a lot of fun and they're really short. Um to its credit, Green Inferno is fairly short, but oh man, it's like super serious, really fucking dark, really visceral with the gore. He said, like Diodato, he's like, you know, I miss the days when people thought a filmmaker was legitimately insane. I want to do that. And again, I, I feel bad because, like, on paper, both Sarah and I really like Eli Roth. Like, we'll listen to him, his hard conversations with Tarantino and other people are great. He likes all the shit we do. He definitely knows his shit. Um, apparently him and his wife were swingers. So, you know, hey, we got that in common. <laughs> and um, <laughs> man, like his movies just fucking suck. Like we, we do like uh, Knock Knock, which the one with Keanu Reeves was a remake of the uh, movie Death Game. Uh, that one you would actually like. And that was fairly mainstream. But this one. Um, so you have a group of college kids. Uh, led by his now ex-wife, um, Lorenza Izzo, I believe her name is. She plays Justine. And basically, they're, you know, they weren't even wokies at the time. They're just like activists. They're like, you know, we want to save the rainforest. We want to blah, blah, blah. So they charter a flight with a drug dealer who takes them into Peru. Uh, the plane gets shot down by a rival militia. And like half the not half the people, I guess like three people die in the plane crash. And then the rest of them end up getting like sold and captured and sent to the natives. And then it just turns into a cannibal movie, like 40 minutes in. Um, Mm -hmm. So my problem right there is, and this is shit like uh, the Peter Jackson, King Kong. Like if you're going to have a King Kong movie, you're going to have a cannibal movie. Start with that shit. I don't need to see like your method of transportation getting there. gets like half the cast killed. I don't need to see, like, then there's, like, giant lizards. Not dinosaurs, but just, like, weird lizards or bugs and shit. It's like, I'm watching that that Peter Jackson King Kong, and it's like, you don't even get to fucking Skull Island for 47 minutes into the movie. Just show me the giant fucking monkey. You know, the original did it. 
yeah, they had dinosaurs, and then he came and he fucking beat the shit out of them, snapped them in half. Great. Um, so yeah, that's that's a big problem I had with this movie. And then as soon as they get to the cannibals, the like cannibals are led by this old lady called the Elder, and like it, it goes from you know minimal gore to just the most over the top shit. Like they reach in and rip out this dude's tongue, and they're like pulling out his organs and like chewing his face. I mean, just absolute insanity. Uh, one of the girls kills herself. They go into some really dark shit with the, the girls where they, uh, let's say they, they perform certain operations on them. Um, and then like a lot of these other cannibal movies, the main girl basically ends up getting away, but you can tell that she's become almost like, you know, indoctrinated by the cult of the cannibals. And she lies and says like, Oh, everybody died in the plane crash or, you know, everybody's fine. And like goes about her life, and then it ends with a uh, a vision of her seeing herself as a cannibal with like razor sharp teeth. It was ridiculous, uh, and I only saw the ending because, like I said, I walked out of this movie. I rewatched it for John Morrow for this podcast, and um, you know that's the first time I, I saw the actual ending. Um, I believe I watched the director's cut. I did look it up. I don't think there was a different ending. Um, so. My thoughts on the movie now, it sucks. Um, you know, I could see where the, uh, the the talent and his wife, and she's, again, she's in Knock Knock, and she's great in that. It's her and Anna DeArmas. Again, if you haven't seen that one, you would like that one. Hell, Keanu Reeves is in it. Um, but, yeah, this this movie sucks. It's, it's not a fun cannibal movie. Um, it's just, it's way too over the top. And that's my problem with Eli Roth. It's like, dude, you like shit like Pieces. Pieces, he's on record. It's his favorite movie. It's his favorite slasher movie. I love Pieces. The charm in Pieces, yes, there's gore, but it's so over the top. It's campy as fuck. You know, he likes this this really depraved movie I love called Blood Sucking Freaks. And it's literally about a guy who's pretending to be a magician who's just dismembering people on stage. But then magically, like, anything he does to them is reversed. And then, like, six hours later... I'm sorry, that's Wizards of Gore. Uh, Blood Sucking Freaks, yeah, he's just killing people on stage. And then you find out he's got, like, a whole, like, fucking uh, basement full of, like, mutants that he's been torturing. And there's a midget. And he's, like, got girls tied to, like, a fucking Wheel of Fortune thing, and he's throwing knives at them. It's it's insane. But it's fun because, like, the plot is this football quarterback has to save his supermodel wife, girlfriend from this shit. And then there's a midget throwing knives. And there's, like, you know, shooting fire and shit. Like, that's fun. If you do that and you make it serious and you have like these scenes of these girls crying and like committing suicide, then it's not fun anymore. And that's like, that's always what he misses. And it's like, you know, you, you got to like ease off the throttle, just have some fucking fun. Uh, so, yeah, I watched that and then I rewatched most of the other ones, um, you know, for suggestions for anybody who's into this shit. I guess like John Morrow. Uh, like I said, you start with Man from Deep River. Uh, Devil Hunter, the 1981, that's the Jess Franco. Uh, Cannibal Ferrex is great. Um, the Mountain of the Cannibal God also released The Slave of the Cannibal God. Uh, Amazonia, the Catherine Miles story, also known as White Slave. And um, there's a, a fun one, late 80s into the 90s, with some, you know, centerfolds and uh, penthouse pets. Uh, Massacre in Dinosaur Valley. That one is a lot of fun, but sadly, there are no dinosaurs in it. Uh, so, yeah, that is uh, Green Inferno. 
Um, yeah. You know, it, yes, it, it's got nudity. It's got gore. It goes on for a reasonable length, but it's just not a fun watch. So if that's your thing, if you like Hostile in the Jungle and not Turistas, there you go. Uh, all right. So you watched right. Green Room 2015, Jeremy Solner. Um, yeah. I believe it's his only real movie. Um, I don't know. Actually, hold on. I should, probably should have looked all that up while you were talking. Um, I, I think he had like one other like really like no budget, you know, independent thing and then this was yeah. the only like studio yeah. thing he did well i know i know this one was in uh an 84 film um, yeah i know that off the top of my head uh yeah yeah let's see jeremy schnalter um Schnalter, <laughs> whatever um yeah so he did murder party blue ruin murder party that um, was it oh yeah right yeah. He did blue ruin. Hold, okay. hold hold the dark and he's doing something called rebel reg ridge so, okay. Oh, he um, he was a director on a couple of episodes of True Detective. Oh, okay, there you go. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, kind of seems like it's about the only uh only things really on his resume. He does like you know some cinematography work for a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, like the only things feature film. Those are the only feature film stuff. Um. Uh, yeah. So this this film, I watched it. I think because everybody was talking about it, and because of who was in it, and I'm like, well, I said, let's see, let's see what happens. And so I watched it, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was not good. Um, I did not like it. Uh, and it only made uh three point eight million at the box office on a five million budget, and that's understandable because this is awful. Um, it takes place in Portland. Um, and like I said before, um, the, uh, there's like a punk rock band that Anton Lynch, Anton Yelchin is the, I can't remember if he was the lead singer or if he was one of like the lead, like guitarists or something. Um, and then they, they see the, I think he's like the basis. Basis. All right. And then, um, and then the neo-Nazis, they witness the, the neo-Nazi skinheads, like, uh, murder somebody at a bar. And so then they're like on the run through like the woods and then they're chasing them through the woods and then they find them in the compound and then they bring them back to the compound thing. And then they're trying to get out of that. And I think one by one, each one gets murdered, I think, except for um, Yichin. And then I think he's the last one where. Um, well, so, so basically what happens is they, they find um, Imogen Poots and her friend and one of one of the two girls ends up getting killed. So he like kind of tries to keep her safe throughout the rest of the movie and then like they, they realize how serious this is all their friends start getting killed and then they decide to like fight back uh i mean it's a little bit you know just for a rough analogy it's it's a little bit like uh red dawn with the wolverines at that point especially with them running around the, the woods killing people mm. um i mean the, the box office doesn't surprise me not because of the quality of the movie um i mean obviously you're not into this kind of shit I, I really like this movie, but it's one of those where I was like, yeah, I saw it once, I'm good. Other people will rewatch it over and over again. A24 never really had mass box office appeal. No. Um, they've put out a lot of shit that, like, is, you know, arguably better that made, you know, less than a million or just about, like, a million. Um, 
this one, you know, it, it definitely got a lot of praise at the time. Um, you know, like people were saying like, oh, it, it's this great like horror movie. It's it's gritty. It's this. It's that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's obviously it's not a home invasion. They're all at a bar. Uh, yeah. it, it's one of those contained like horror thrillers, which, you know, can make or break the whole thing. And for this one, I think it definitely worked. Um, but it's just the the level of, I guess, depravity and the tension. Mm-hmm. Like they they ramp that shit up. Uh, it's definitely a movie that like you could just watch once, and whether you love it or hate it, you're like, wow, that was just like a, a heavy emotional experience. I don't really want to do that again. Uh, I know Red Letter Media covered this one. I think they both liked it, but they kind of had mm-hmm. the same take that I did. Yeah. Um, I remember them saying like, you know, after this movie, you, you just want to go and like take a shower. Yeah, yeah, that was. That was kind of my idea too when I first watched this. I was watching it and I'm like, why did why did I even watch this? Like, it, it just like kind of grossed me out a lot. And um, yeah, I kind of kind of had that same feeling. So yeah, I guess I guess whether you like it or not, I mean, as you walk away with that same feeling. But uh, but yeah, no, I just you know just one of those things that wasn't really my cup of tea when I watched it. And uh, you know. I mean, I'll watch anything that Imogen Poots is. I love her, and I think she's one of the most underrated actresses. Um, so one of the reasons I didn't actually get into why I walked out of Green Inferno, mm. uh, and I, I didn't walk out of this because he, they did have like similar feelings. Uh, it's not like the violence and, and shit was getting to me. Obviously, I can watch you know shit like Blood Sucking Freaks. Uh, mm. It because it was just so fucking derivative. Like I've seen cannibal movies, and they basically. They follow a script almost to the point of like, you know, a Hulk Hogan wrestling match where you can call all the spots that are going to happen. And if there's just it's not engaging, it's not fun. Like, I just didn't want to sit there for another 20 minutes. So, you know, the people are are being killed or at that point killing themselves off. And I'm like, all right, so the next beat that's going to happen is they're going to get out. And then like one of the natives or the children are going to befriend them and then they're going to turn on these people. And then this girl's going to get away. And like everything that happened, I called it and I just wasn't invested in what was happening. Whereas with Green Room, like I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, maybe Patrick Stewart's going to survive. Maybe he's going to end up killing them all. Maybe mm-hmm. Imogen Poots is going to turn on Anton Yelchin. You know, maybe he's going to turn on her. It definitely had me guessing until the end of the movie. I mean, yeah, you can make your predictions and you might be right, but it's the kind of movie where, especially the way people are, are just killed so suddenly like one guy's like dragged out of a window and then that's that's it um mm-hmm. like you don't know what's happening and you don't know who's safe who's not and um to especially when this came out in 2015 to see a movie like that and genuinely not know every single beat of what's going to happen that was a lot of fun yeah <clears throat> i uh i looked up uh uh imogen Poo's, uh uh filmography and uh, yeah, I haven't seen her in anything else. So yeah, I didn't uh, think. Yeah, I mean, I've seen her in uh, Frank and Lola with um, Michael Shannon is is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, not I mean, a horror movie. Was, but... she, uh, oh, actually, you know what? Maybe I did see her when she was in V for Vendetta, but she was like a kid at that time or whatever. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, no, I'm looking through all this other stuff. It's not really anything I really watch. Um, even uh, uh, she was even in um that Need for Speed movie. Uh, with uh, Anne Paul, which I never even ended up watching that movie. So, um, yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, I never ended up watching that pop star movie. Yeah, so she's even the main stuff she's been in, like the mainstream stuff she's been in. I've I've never seen any of that. Yeah, 
But yeah, no. Um, so yeah, this this was a good one. I have to <laughs> take the wife stuff to storage. Um, yeah. You know, again, we want to send our well wishes to John Morrow. We want yes, to thank him for listening. Hopefully, he's out of the hospital by now, or at least feeling better on his way to his full recovery. And yeah. uh, you know, if anyone else ever has a, a podcast request, even if it's something off the beaten path, we will uh, we will definitely make that happen for you. And so. even better if Justin thinks he's seen the movie and then we end up having to review two movies that are not at all alike except for the color, uh, but definitely have a similar feel. Came out around the same time. Uh, oh, I didn't explain. So obviously the Green Inferno um, basically is a term for the jungle or what used to be the jungle because Eli Roth is like, you know, yeah. well, now there's no jungle left. Uh, so his whole thing was, I want to, I want to do this movie about activists trying to save the rainforest, and then they all end up getting fucked. Um, the title itself comes from in the movie Cannibal Holocaust. They're shooting a documentary, and the whole thing is presented as a as a mock documentary, not a mockumentary, but a mock documentary. And um, that movie is called Green Inferno, which that was based off of a Spanish Tarzan film. Uh, mm. And I don't remember the, the Spanish title, but the American title release for it was like seventy two or seventy three was just Green Inferno. So mm. that is where all that came from. Uh, as for Green Room, it refers to the green room that the band was, you know, in yeah. before the show. And uh, they go on stage, they play the Dead Kennedys, Nazi punks, fuck off to piss off the Nazis, and they don't realize who they're actually playing with. And then the Nazis retaliate by they just start killing everybody. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah. And once again, I just want to reiterate that hopefully John is uh feeling better, and um, you know, like Josh said, anything anybody's got an idea or anything, uh, just let us know, and um, you know, we'll try to squeeze it in, and you know, even if it's our first time watch or you know, once again, if it's something like this where <laughs> we we miscommunicate what it is, because of course, if you listen to this podcast, then you know that I'm thing up all the time so it was clearly uh waiting there for me to be like oh yeah i've seen that and i clearly have not seen it so yeah so this was fun uh yeah so um i don't know when this is gonna come out so i'm not even gonna try to do the outro stuff um but uh yeah we did we just did do uh wow. we did just do a uh trek retro pod there with uh one of john's friends from uh a uh truck discord uh chat um so that'll be coming out soon and uh yeah so just uh you know keep looking out we'll be doing episode 400 soon coming up on that so uh yeah anything else Josh? have we have we told people what 400 is gonna be or is that a surprise um i don't uh i think we were i think we've thrown out a couple of ideas uh but i think we finalize what 400 is um i'm not sure well, we know what it is i'm saying do the yeah. people uh i don't remember All right. so, well, i don't remember yeah. either so i will say um <laughs> it might or might not be an oscar-winning movie it, it it may not be <laughs> all right then <laughs> <laughs> so all right well it was fun 